This is Texas Soccer Radio. My name is Kyle Mankey. His name is Larry Leathers. We are going to change things up a little bit this week, and we're going to talk about soccer. So uh, buckle up. We've got about an hour here that we are going to spend chatting a little bit about USL, a little bit about San Antonio FC, and uh, several several other topics there. MLS, some national team news, lots of good stuff. But uh, first off, Larry, how are you doing tonight? How are how are things in your neck of the woods? Well, we survived Icepocalypse 2018. Um, I decided that it would be fun to slip and fall at work, and when you're a 30-year-old man and you slip and fall down a set of stairs while it's icy out you feel horrible the next few days afterwards i, I i've been better <laughs> my body took a beating i definitely feel like a 30 year old man that fell down the stairs so you're you're numbing yourself tonight is the goal is that is that right uh no unfortunately icepocalypse killed the alcohol stash here at the uh, house so i need to go re-up i'm i'm not drinking tonight ah uh, brutal <laughs> that's the worst yeah, I so I grew up in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, and I lived for a few years in Southern Illinois. Um, so I had a couple years of winter, and it sucks, man. There's a reason that I live in Texas, and a big part of that is to avoid weather like we've had the last few days. <laughs> like I, I'm pretty done with it at this point. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I mean, it's supposed to be a La Nina year too. It's supposed to be unseasonably warm, maybe a little bit wet, and here we go. We got snow. We got ice piling on i don't know what the hell's going on with the weather this season it's not what it's supposed to be makes you ready to uh sweat your face off at toyota field this summer in the 110 degree heat that we're bound to get is that pretty close to it anyway yeah i mean that sounds like a good fun time to me (laughs) um yeah i i'm actually going to be outside tomorrow morning at a safc related function uh which we'll talk about a little bit later um, but first off, uh, local brews here. I uh, got my, my stash, uh, rolls deep as I like to say, basically, cause I, um, buy a bunch of beer and then it like filters its way to the back of the refrigerator and I discover it later and it's a nice surprise. So I'm rolling with Houston's own Carbach Brewing Company, Hopadillo tonight. There you uh, go. Going, going a little East 10 there. So Pretty excited for that. Pretty excited to have fun tonight. Um, Let's kick it off, though, with, uh, I think, arguably the coolest news that we've ever talked about San Antonio FC-wise. Two players called up to the U.S. Soccer U15 camp. Uh, Leo Leo Torres and Rocky Perez um, both called up from the academy to that U15 camp. That's huge, right? Yeah, no, that's a big deal. I mean, it's getting getting our academy out there and getting some some views from our players that's a huge deal to get get kids called up to the the camp yeah congrats to those guys and wish them the best and super excited for them um hope it's a great experience for them and the first of many call-ups right that's that's the hope it's a dream so either way really cool thing and i think it speaks well to the quality of that development academy that san antonio fc has the coolest thing about it to me has always been that it is a free to play model um none of the players that are in the academy have to pay to be there as far as i'm aware Um, that was a big emphasis at the beginning of it so to have that at that cost and um you know producing these quality players and getting them in front of the right eyes to be able to get this call up that's that's awesome and good for them good for the city good for that academy it's it's cool stuff 
I mean, the free-to-play model is a big point there. Um, that's important. It's very important, the free-to-play free part. There's too many barriers to youth soccer these days, especially with cost. And youth sports in general, it does, it's not restricted to just soccer. Yeah. I mean, I remember growing up and playing sports, playing soccer, basketball, baseball. There's a lot of cost involved. Granted, I was in private school and, you know, CYO costs and stuff like that. But even then, I know people that run youth sports organizations outside of that sort of setting. And yeah, there's a lot of money involved. They do a lot of fundraising. It's to have a free-to-play model and give those kids the opportunity to get noticed like this and to have kids get called up. That's amazing. Yeah. Hopefully we see more of it in the future. Yeah, super, super cool. So congrats to those guys. Congrats to the Academy and uh, wish them the best on their way. Um, another pair of San Antonio FC related players that we can talk about tonight. Um, this is exciting. I think this, these are the two players, um, other than maybe Sebastian Viaga that I think you and I have been looking most forward to, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Omar Gordon will be back with San Antonio FC in 2018 on loan and Chris Tierpeck, it was announced, uh, earlier Thursday afternoon will be returning for 2018. Uh, he was re-signed to the club. So two more wingers back, two more quality wingers back. How are you feeling about that? Hey, I'm excited. I, I know Gordon, it, Gordon has seemed like it's been a long time coming between the Instagram and the Twitter posts. And there's been a lot of talk out there that he's returning to have it actually be happening and be broken by Montego Bay United nonetheless. Glad, good for them on spoiling it. Tim Hankinson down there, former Scorpions coach, gets spoiling it for everybody and putting it out there that Omar was going to be returning in a few weeks. Uh, I'm excited about it. We've got two quality wingers coming back between the two of them, Escalante. There's going to be some battles to be had for playing time, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, super excited about that because, uh, you know, we have three wingers now in San Antonio. Um, who could start in those two positions on just about any team in the league. So um, that brings us to our Twitter poll. Let's talk about that. We'll, we'll bring that in here as a jumping off point. Um, we put out the question at TX Soccer Radio earlier today on our podcast Twitter account. Um, we said, since we're contractually bound to argue about it tonight, let's hear what you think. <laughs> what starting outside midfielder duo do you expect to see for SAFC in 2018? And the options were uh, the three mixes between Escalante, Tierpack, and Gordon, and then um, an other option um, to which no one actually replied a player to. But well, there we go. Um, <laughs> the Coming in third out of the ones that matter were Escalante Tierpack. Coming in second were Escalante Gordon. And 48% of you think that the duo that we are going to see um, primarily will be Tierpack and Gordon, um, which would work. Tierpack can play left wing. Uh, I believe he's more comfortable on left wing. I think that's his natural position. He just shifted over for Billy last year. but. Right. What do you think, Larry? Which one you got in this? I am, and I voted on the poll too, so slightly skewed the results <laughs> a little bit. I'm in option number two. I think it's probably going to be Gordon and Escalante. Um, I can't discount the fact that Tier Pack got benched at the end of the season and we didn't see him. And it did take quite a while for us to hear news that he was coming back to the club. I don't know what reason that's for, but I'm guessing that 
it will probably carry over at least into the very beginning of the season. Yeah, no, Escalante's starting. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be Escalante and, and Gordon, truly. Um, I got to jump in and agree with Sam in the Periscope chat here. Shout out to Sam. I'm in option three with Escalante Gordon. Um, I don't think there's any way Escalante signed to sit uh, on the bench. And I think Gordon showed just tremendous skill and good chemistry with uh, Ever Guzman there at the end of the season. So wait, wait, option three or was that option two? I thought that was option two. Same thing. I'm Escalante Gordon here, right? Oh, my bad. I got distracted. This <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> so I, I will say that Joe replied on Twitter um, that he says, we'll see all those combos eventually, but I think tier pack Gordon's going to get the start until Escalante outplays them. I agree with Joe. We're probably going to see a rotation between the three, um, especially on road trips uh, where you have three games in a week and that kind of stuff. We're probably going to see them rotate to save their legs, but that doesn't make for fun radio. I want to, I want to argue. I didn't think that we'd agree that it would be Escalante Gordon. I thought for sure you'd take tier pack. No, I, you know, as much as I love tier pack out there, I, and I would, I, you know how I feel about Escalante. (laughs) I would I, I would prefer the Tier Pack and Gordon pairing just because. Um, but I can't discount the fact that they A signed Escalante and and brought him in. And like I, I agree with you that they they brought him here for a reason and they brought him here to play. And if Tier Pack and Tier Pack took forever to get re-signed potentially. I mean I guess they could have been sitting on it this entire time, but unlikely. And he got benched at the end of the season. I mean, we didn't see him in the final game. That, that I've I've gone down that rant road before. <laughs> he should have been on the field, but I still I still think within a couple of weeks you are going to completely turn on Escalante. I I think you're going to go from Jose Effing Escalante to uh, San Antonio Hero Escalante before too long. That's my prediction. My my hot take preseason prediction for you. Mm, no. <laughs> nope. Nope. Do I? What? No. It's not going to happen. So, Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm happy that he's with us and not against us. Like, that's a positive. He's not just Jose es- fucking Escalante now. Now he's <laughs> our Jose fucking Escalante. I, but, think the, I think the fucking will change um, emphasis. I think it will go from angry to excited or uh, enamored. Like, Jose fucking as like the Catalina fucking wine mixer, you know? <laughs> yeah i don't mm, i'm glad he's flopping for us now his theater skills have come to san antonio i i'm curious to what other people think who maybe didn't see the poll or or didn't get there in time so let us know on twitter uh at tx soccer radio let us know what you think the pairing is going to be who you think is going to get the majority of the minutes at least to start the season um none of this rational they're all gonna get time stuff that's not fun let's let's take some hard stances and and be wrong later that's that's the motto we've always gone by here they're all gonna get time kyle it's gonna happen they're all gonna get time they're all gonna play jose's gonna need time off he's in san antonio now he's not an rgv we've got the majestic theater we've got the tobin center there's places for him to use his other skills okay he can go do his acting on the big stage here and then go play soccer on the weekends. It's okay. He's got that option now. I'm telling you, man, he's going to be a fan favorite in like three weeks, maybe not even that long. 
maybe, <laughs> maybe February 11th, even as uh, I smoothly transition into talking about the other SAFC news that we got. Um, SAFC playing a preseason friendly at FC Dallas again this year. Um, I'm excited about it in principle. I hear you get, uh, what's the word? I, I don't know the word for that. That thing. I hear you doing that thing. There's <laughs> so, ga- gasping and cringing going on over here. Cringing. There we go. What's, what's on your mind with FC Dallas friendly? I mean, I'm excited. There's a friendly, we've got one friendly announced. Other teams have seven preseason games announced. Where's the rest of our preseason schedule? And it's, I'm as excited as it, about it as I am. It's not in San Antonio. I don't get to see FC Dallas come to Toyota field and play them here. So I don't think I'm going to be able to make the trip up. <laughs> yeah. I'm mildly excited about it. And if, if it's the same way as it was last year and it's against their, mostly their youth squad and on the practice fields, not even in their stadium, then I, I have trouble getting excited about this game. Great. There's a preseason game. Bring it to San Antonio and make them bring the, bring the full squad. Then yeah, we'll talk. It's kind of disappointing. Um, just to see it was kind of disappointing to see the the preseason game on the practice field last year that was a little disheartening and obviously it wasn't officially streamed um even though a couple of people had their periscope out uh facebook live out and stuff but so i watched it i watched it through some hacked screen from somebody yeah. else there yeah so we don't know where it's going to be we don't know what dallas's schedule is it's entirely possible um, that they end up bringing some of their uh, first-team players and some of their guys who are actually going to get minutes this year. Um, it's possible that it's in the stadium. It was only listed as Frisco, Texas. Right. Um, but until proven otherwise, I think it's safe to assume that it's probably going to be another kind of low-key, um, low-cost event, which it's cool in some aspects, like you, you get right up there with some of the players for both FC Dallas and San Antonio. So that's kind of a cool experience if I'm spinning it positively, but it's, it's a little hard not to be kind of disappointed if it doesn't happen in Toyota stadium and and all that, the full nine. And that, that's how I feel about it is it's, it's just the situation. Like the reality of it is, like I said, it's probably gonna be on the practice field. It's probably not going to be against the full starting team. I don't know. Like it's, it's probably not going to be what we all want based on what we saw last year. <laughs> I want more. I want games here. I want, I want MLS teams to come to San Antonio and play in Toyota field where I can go watch them play. Uh, for it'll be in the parking lot of the Galleria on uh, periscope chat there. <laughs> it, basically. I mean, put yeah. some pass down. I, I mean, you look at last year, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the friendlies were closed to the public in San Antonio. I think, was there one public friendly in I San Antonio? I think you're right. I think it was one. It wasn't a lot by any means. Yeah. Um, and that's that needs to change too. And when you've got some of these other cities that are having four to seven preseason games, they're all open to the public and season ticket members and such. You got to do better. We can't let these other cities upstage us. If we truly want to be an MLS caliber city, then you know this is one of those things that can help. Yeah. We need to do do better with this. Yeah, it would be, uh, yeah, Sam says Tulsa in Periscope chat. It would be cool to see more friendlies 
in San Antonio and oh yeah, Rafa Redcard was fun, says Sam and Periscope. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but hopefully we'll get some exciting home friendly that everyone's able to go to um, or even just, you know, Houston against their actual MLS team or, or something like that. But um, yeah, I remember in 2016, there was a, I can't remember if it was an official friendly or if it was just a co-practice, like a scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, but RGV came in 2016 before the first season even was played. And right. it, was, it was dirty. It was not very friendly. Uh, that rivalry really kicked off with a bang. So it'd be cool to see some of that preseason competitiveness, uh, you know, right, right in the crowd and, and in the stadium and everything. So I, I didn't catch the name, but we got the question, why doesn't SAFC host a preseason tourney? The weather should be good enough. I agree. They should host a preseason tourney. We've seen some of that get scheduled this year. I think Phoenix is a part of it, right? Sam, you can answer that one if you chime <laughs> back in. Um, yeah, that would be an interesting move to see if we could get some of the other USL teams and adjoining states to come come and play and be in a preseason tourney. That's definitely something we should look and consider to the future. It seems to be a big hit from from the Twitter side of things with the cities that are involved in the one out there. It'd be really cool to get a Texas Cup going. Yeah. And especially if San Antonio was able to host that being kind of the most central city because we expect El Paso to get a USL team in the very near future. Um, RGB has one, obviously. Houston has an MLS team. FC Dallas has an MLS team and potentially a USL team. Um, and then, of course, San Antonio and Austin will either have an MLS team or a USL team um, very soon. One of the two. Uh, maybe both. Who knows? But yeah. Um, point is there's a lot of Texas teams. So it'd be cool to get, you know, a little preseason trophy and, and you know, make it, make it fun, make a little Texas cup preseason. We've, we've got the teams to do it. I think what Sam said, 11 MLS teams are involved with the mobile mini sun cup. Like that's awesome. We need to do that. That, yeah, that would be great. Even if we do get the a mix of MLS and USL teams here in Texas going, we've got enough of them here to do something small like that. It might not make a lot of sense from them logistically, but if the New York City FC um, affiliation is renewed for 2018, it would be really cool to see some of those players come down because that could potentially get some SA fans invested in the New York club and give them a reason to give a shit about MLS because um, obviously there's a lot of negative feelings about that for other reasons right now from San Antonio, so... It would be kind of neat to to get some involvement from NYC if that's renewed or, you know, there's a lot of options there. You want to get me hyped? Bring David Villa down here to, for a game. <laughs> that hype train commences. Like, that would be amazing to have him come and play a game down here. He That'd gets- be a, a great way to pitch to new fans. Make the ticket prices cheap as a preseason game, $5 tickets or something. Get new fans involved and bring a big name in to get, get some notice yeah. with the game. That'd be, that'd be good for the league and for the team. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> I would not mind that at all. Or, you know, send him down for a USL loan, you know, let him get some legs under. <laughs> yes. Put him um, and Guzman up at the front. Let's see what happens. One thing that I will be seeing uh, at the Toyota, uh, I don't know if it's in Toyota Field or if it's on uh, the, the soccer complex, but um the open tryouts second session is tomorrow and i want to get to that in a minute 
Um, but we actually just had a question come in on Periscope on if anyone was loaned down from NYCFC last year, um, which I think is actually kind of a good topic that we didn't plan on talking about tonight. Um, but SAFC was affiliated with NYCFC last year. Um, we haven't heard if they're going to be this year or not, but there was no player movement between the two clubs. Um, SAFC took in Zachary Haravo for a few games from the New England Revolution. Um, but other than that, that was the only MLS player movement, as far as I can remember. Um, one interesting thing, though, was there was a period where Matt Cardoni was hurt and Diego Restrepo was suspended. Um, and so we had the potential of maybe seeing one of their goalkeepers sent down um, to back up Lee Johnston, and Ryan Rashindel ended up stepping into that role. Um, because partially because um, uh, Sean Johnson from NYCFC was called up to the U.S. men's national team. So had that not happened, we may have seen a goalkeeper sent down is the point I'm making, but um, the timing didn't work out. So uh, I, I gather that affiliation is a lot more about front office and a lot more about connections because when you have, a direct path to city football group and the New York Yankees and as big of a ownership group as NYCFC has, that's never a bad thing. Even if you're not seeing the results on the field and it's a very Spurs thing um, to, you know, be more affiliated with the front office than the player movement. But uh, I, I do think there was some value there for the players and for the front offices, both ways in New York and San Antonio. It made sense with MLS, the MLS push happening um, to get them involved. They've obviously got experience not just with MLS here, but also abroad um, with ownership groups and being in, you know, bigger name leagues. Um, but I'm actually, I, I hate to say it, but I'm actually glad that we didn't see a whole lot of player movement uh, between NYCFC and SAFC. Um, that's the one thing that bothers me the most is those two teams and the teams with affiliations to, to MLS teams where you never know what you're going to get because any game they could send down half their starting squad RGV um, in the Houston <laughs> Dynamo. Like they exchange players all the time. We see right. so many Houston Dynamo players on the RGV team and we play, play them just because they want to screw with us. Um, if it's a necessity, like the goalkeeper situation, I don't mind it in that situation but when you're just doing it to move people around, even the the Haravu situation, I didn't I didn't mind that because they weren't playing him. He wasn't starting for them. They want he want they wanted him to get minutes. Um, that makes sense to me. Yeah. But when you're just when you're just moving players back and forth and up and down to to make the teams for whatever reason and just kind of out of the blue, then I don't, I don't like that. I'm glad we didn't do that. Yeah, I don't mind the the affiliation model that. San Antonio did or that um, some of the other teams like even OKC Energy to an extent they they lean on FC Dallas maybe a little more than they should in some cases but for the most part there's the OKC team and you know FC Dallas sends their mid to low level players down there to get minutes and that's great for everybody involved I think Um, and it helps with the stability of USL but I I don't know. I, I think there's probably something as a player, um, if you're in San Antonio and you know that your team has the eyes and ears of 
um, NYCFC and City Football Group and all of the prestige that comes with that, maybe there's something extra there and maybe there's some extra motivation to come to San Antonio and say, you know, maybe if I play my best football here in San Antonio, I can work that pipeline up and get called up to New York and see where it takes me from there. So we haven't seen that, but, uh, you know, it's definitely possible if that affiliation is renewed. I mean, I know, I, I think we talked about it. It was before I joined the podcast, obviously, but I know we talked about it a little bit during the season as, you know, like, could you see somebody like, we talked about Billy Forbes about it, especially after his first month last season. Um, We talked behind the scenes about whether there was a chance NYCFC would, you know, make a call and say, Hey, we we'd like to see Billy come up for a little while. And you know, that would have potentially hurt us, but I get it. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm glad we don't have the player movement like crazy. It'd be nice for players on SAFC to have that opportunity to bump up. I would hope it wouldn't happen in season. It would be like an off season thing. Like, yeah, we're going to sign your, this guy and move him up to the team completely. I don't want them bouncing back and forth all the time. Yeah. That's the one thing I want to avoid. <laughs> yeah. That would be tough too. Proximity wise. We are not in the best situation for turnaround times with moving players back and forth here. Yeah. My understanding is that um, the front office in San Antonio is always most concerned with putting a winning Um, product on the field as far as affiliations and player movement and selling and acquiring and all that. Um, So, I mean, I don't know how those contracts work if San Antonio has the ability to refuse a call up and an affiliation, Um, even if it was like with Dallas or something. Um, But I, I would hope that especially being an independent team, um, no matter who the affiliate would be, if San Antonio gets another affiliate, um, that the the mission would be win the USL Cup and anything else is extra. Um, and hopefully the players are able to move to MLS. Obviously you want the best for your players, but uh, not at the cost, not at the um, expense of your team. <laughs> so... We'll see. Right. We'll see yeah. if that's even an issue. There's a there's so many USL teams now that not every USL team needs an affiliate. Um, every MLS team has to have an affiliate for anyone who didn't know. Um, but you know, there's so many USL teams that there's a good shot that SA doesn't even have an affiliate going forward. Yeah, definite possibility. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't heard more about that. I mean, we're we're not that far away from the season now. We're yeah. less than two months away. That sort of stuff's got to be getting squared away here soon or nothing's changing and we've just been keeping NYCFC and that's why we haven't heard anything. Yeah, could be. Uh, my understanding was it was a one-year deal last year, but um, I don't know if there was you know options to extend or, or if they just weren't uh, completely transparent with that because they're not required to be. So right. <laughs> who knows? Um, I will do my best to ask around about some of these things depending on who's there. Tomorrow at the SAFC Open Tryouts. It's the second session of that. Um, I'm pretty excited to be there. Uh, It was really fun to be there in 2016. I didn't get to make it last year. Uh, But it's always interesting to see the local talent and the regional talent really come out and and try and make their dreams happen. And uh, best of luck to everyone who may be doing that or did that already if you're listening to the podcast. You taking your cleats? You trying out? What are you doing here? Of course, man. I'm wearing them right now. 
Perfect. Uh, Ten thirty at night, and you know, I'm gonna sleep in them. Make sure they're nice and broken in. I, you probably bought them today, so yeah, you should wear them around the house tonight. <laughs> no, I I only play when the weather is between fifty eight and sixty two degrees with a three percent humidity. So, you know, it's not gonna work out. But maybe we'll have to find year. you an indoor stadium somewhere. <laughs> maybe next year. Um, we haven't seen anyone from the open tryouts in the past two years make the senior team um but it is a great way to get your foot in the door potentially and uh it is you know there's always the the practice squad that works with the senior team throughout the week so i don't know if some of those guys have been pulled into there from the open tryouts in the past but you know this could be the year where someone walks up and shows up and impresses the coaches enough to make the team legitimately and that'd be pretty cool hey if we've got kids getting called up from our academy to the u.s soccer camps then yeah it's a definitely anything's a possibility it's just got to be the right talent in the right spot the right time man when safc signs their first truly homegrown player from that academy that i'm going to lose my mind on that day that's gonna be so cool (laughs) well i mean if these two kids are any indication then we're what three years away from that yeah, maybe even sooner. I mean, it's it's possible, right? I don't know or what not, you have to be eighteen in the U.S. You may actually. I don't know if you have to be eighteen or not. I mean, they, they don't <laughs> seem to care over in Europe. They're signing three-year-olds and stuff over there that have shown the ability to <laughs> pick a ball six inches across the room. I've been playing too much FIFA. I'm like, oh, sixteen, you're good, perfect. Yeah. Uh, man, it started early. Yet? I've been playing way too much FIFA. <laughs> I saw, speaking of that, I saw a post from Diego Restrepo on social media about the hours that he's played FIFA. And I'm just like, I feel you, man. Like I'm right there with you. It's March cannot come soon enough. Meanwhile, I'm over here not playing any sports games at all. <laughs> Fair enough. So anything else from SAFC that you want to talk about tonight before we move on to some USL MLS national team? I think that covers it, honestly. Cool. I think we hit all the big stuff for this week. As usual, going longer than I had anticipated. So, you know, <laughs> I should, speaking of going long, um, the USL show this week, I made a little guest appearance there talking about San Antonio FC. Um, we went a little bit long, which was fun. Um, it, it was genuinely a lot of fun to chat with Phil and Alicia, uh, who was previewing um, Orange County uh, SC. And, you know, it's cool. I really, one of the things that I valued most from doing this for the last three years um, is the little niche of USL coverage, USL media that, you know, we're all writing for a million different places and just kind of doing the grind. And it's, it's like a little small club. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) You know, I haven't met any huge jerks yet, so unless I'm the huge jerk, which is entirely possible. I mean, if Twitter's any indication, you're not the one that's liked around here. <laughs> that's, that's a little too true. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but I do hate Star Wars, so uh, yeah, could be me too. Man. It's, it's, it's January 18th and The Last Jedi still sucks. I'm wearing a Juan Solo <laughs> shirt right now from Chewy's, so... <laughs> I don't know what that says, but I got Star Wars and tacos on the brain. It means you've got the new Han Solo movie that's coming out, what, next year on the brain? <laughs> I can't wait for Is that. Is it this man. year? I don't even know. Fucking Donald Solo, Glenn. a Star Wars story. 
I don't care anything else about that entire movie, but Donald Glover playing Lando Calrissian. I'm pretty sure he is. If he's not, then I'm just going to be sorely disappointed. He better. He yeah. better. Childish Gambino as Lando Calrissian. Come on. That's, that's too perfect. You just got to work Jar Jar Binks in and it'll be the perfect movie. Oh my God. Can Lando drive in on a pod racer? <laughs> now this is pod racing. <laughs> So now that we've gotten into our classic movie discussion, um, let's move into USL Division Two sanctioning. Um, biggest surprise of the offseason, right? <laughs> I don't think either one of us really expected them to get anything but Division Two sanctioning, but does it kind of ease your mind a little bit that you know USL is for sure not going to be Division Three for this season at least? I'm glad they finally got their shit together. It took them long enough to make this vote. I mean, I've, it doesn't make sense to have them be anything other than Division Two. Now the big question up in the air is, is what happens with NASL? And if they don't die, they should probably be Division Three. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> All of their four teams. As of now, they're a rogue league. They're not yep. attached to FIFA, which... You know, that's a huge bummer for those players that hung on. Uh, I know Jacksonville said that they're going to honor their player contracts for this year um, unless the players find another place to play. So that's really fucking cool of them because we've seen the opposite of that uh, where players aren't getting paid even though they're playing (laughs) in, in certain clubs before. So, you know, hopefully the best for those players, for that staff, for, for everyone that's just trying to, you know, pay the bills in this industry, but there's even been some drama with what Indy 11 and their contracts and they're jumping over from NASL to to USL and not honoring contracts that multi-year contracts that they had down there. Uh, The reasoning I've seen is mostly due to languaging in the contracts. I mean, since it's not an NASL team anymore, they don't have to honor an NASL contract. Huh? The USL being the, the, the league for them changes the contract the contract uh, verbiage and null and voids what they've got already. That is pretty sketchy if that's how yeah. that's working out. That's that's a bummer to hear, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> but, um as far as as far as the sanction goes, MLS and NWSL got division one for men's and women's leagues. No surprise there. Um, and then uh, USL got Division Two, and no other leagues were sanctioned by USSF, meaning there is technically no fourth division, fifth division, or third division for this year, even though USL is obviously making their Division Three league, uh, which we are going to get the first franchise announcement about a week from today. Right. Um, so we'll be able to talk about that next week on the podcast. But um, I'm curious how many waivers had to be put in for USL and for NWSL? I think it was Nipun on Twitter or Kartik. I can't remember one of the, one of the NASL USL guys um, was talking about how they requested um, how the, the waiver process for USL and how they were able to establish division two and uh, US soccer decided not to release that information, which again, they don't have to, but um I I just don't think there was ever any question with USL being D2. It's clearly stable and producing a, a solid product. It, 
across the league. So. There's really no other league to take the place of a Division Two team. Like, yeah. there's nobody else to give it to. What are you going to just skip Division Two altogether and move to Division Three for everybody? Then your Division Three leagues are essentially Division Two. It doesn't seem to matter all that much. USL should have it no matter what. I'm really hoping with the stability of the men's side of the pyramid that NWSL is able to grow a bit um, for being such a, for a country that produces such a solid women's national team year in and year out. um, You would think that the league would reflect that a little bit better outside of Portland and a couple other cities. It really doesn't. (laughs) And I don't know how you fix that. I'm, I'm not the guy to answer that, but I hope whatever needs to happen happens. And, you know, it would be really cool to see NWSL in San Antonio or Austin or, you know, Dallas even. I don't think Dallas has a team, do they? <laughs> like, it's, it's pathetic how difficult it is to watch this league and some of the environments that the players are in. I know last year the some of the players were, um, like housing with families that volunteered to to house them and that kind of stuff. So you got to hope, hope for some rising there. It's a culture thing. It really is. I mean, sports in the United States is dominated by men. The women's sports just don't seem to generate the excitement level of the men's side of things other than when the, you know, World Cup, Women's World Cup is coming around. Um, and it's not, it's not just soccer. It's the WNBA. It's, it's all, all women's sports. Hopefully that changes over the next few years. And, you know, we see a higher level of play and that'll help draw in some more fans. And, you know, specifically with soccer, soccer's still, still growing. Lots of growing pains going on here in the United States. It doesn't have the popularity here that it does overseas in a lot of those countries. And hopefully as it continues to grow here in the United States, that popularity with the women's side of things, because there's a lot of good talent there. Hopefully that comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. I I want it, want it to grow. And if it's going to be big anywhere, it might as well be big here. So yeah, I, I don't think the men's product is so far superior. The MLS product is not so far superior to NWSL that, it should be getting that much more attention. So, I mean, they they qualified for the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if that they, says anything at all. <laughs> yeah, they have won multiple World Cups. Yes, they have. <laughs> um, yeah, there there is no World Cup in 2018. It's it's 2019, right? That's, right. That's that's, that's what we're Cup. playing for now. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only World Cup that I'm worried about. Um. Speaking of 2019 and USL, we got a brand announcement this week uh, from an expansion franchise that I was actually pretty stoked about, uh, Birmingham Legion FC. Hammer Um, down. (laughs) Hammer down. That's their slogan. Hammer down's Uh, their slogan. It wasn't the Birmingham Hammers, or I may be making that up. I feel like there was a Hammers soccer team. Weren't they the Sledge? They were the Sledge, weren't they? The Birmingham Sledge? I don't think, I don't, point is, Legion is a fucking badass name for a team, yes, it is. and I'm excited. Yes, it this. is. Um, I know that it's being used a lot around the South right now with Atlanta and some of the other teams around, but um, I think it's cool, and to have the brand as Birmingham Legion FC is a whole lot better than ATL 
space UTD space two um, and some of the other USL names that we're probably going to get as we get more of these expansion franchises. I'm counting on you, El Paso. I am counting on you to have a good name. You have the El Paso Chihuahuas as your minor league baseball team. Um, man, my wife was telling me all the minor league teams that they have, and they were all amazing names. So I'm counting on El Paso when they get into the league to have just perfect name. I don't, I'm, I, you know, the name is great. The slogan is great. The crest is not so great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pretty bad crest. I don't know if you saw it or not. It's not exciting at all. It's damn boring, but Wilmington Hammerheads, Periscope chat <laughs> corrected me. Wilmington Hammerheads is what I was thinking. Sorry to, to cut you off there. I knew I no, wasn't making that up. I knew there was a Hammers somewhere. Wasn't there a sledge team? I could be wrong. I don't know. Could be. I'm currently Googling El Paso minor league sports to try and remember what the name was that I forgot. But Chihuahuas, that's that's too good. Um <laughs> Yeah, so Birmingham releases their name. Hopefully we get Whale City FC uh, up in Hartford because that was another one that I'm excited about. We've already talked about that, but it would be cool to see more of those and less of Atlanta United 2, ATL UTD 2. So we shall see. Yeah, um, we'll find anything out. Anything else USL-wise that we need to chat about or that you want to chat about? I don't – well – we're going to get to Austin stuff here in a little bit, but yeah, and that's, that's it with um, USL and SAFC and stuff like that. So what's next? We move to MLS now. Wait, what you got going on over there? I'm laughing because I Googled El Paso minor league sports and it came up with the people also search for. And one of them was the Albuquerque isotopes. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Fort Wayne, tin caps, round rock express, Reno aces. Yeah, there's, like minor league baseball for all the things that is wrong with minor league baseball and for how like Americanized some of those names are, there's some pretty hilarious quality team names that, you know, we'll see what happens with USL as they grow into their 57th franchise here before too long. So what's next? Let's get a, let's get yeah, moving let's, here. <laughs> We we may or may not hear an update about MLS in Miami um, in the next few days. There's rumors that early next week we could be getting some sort of update. Oh, um, God. I don't want to repeat ourselves too much here like we always do, but yeah. I still think it's going to happen. MLS wants Miami too badly for it to fail. Um, it's just a matter of time, whether it's, you know, 10 days or 10 years. Nope. Not happening. It's going to die. That's what the announcement next week is going to be. Yeah. MLS is officially pulling out of Miami. Have you seen David Beckham smile? You, you think everyone's going to tell David Beckham no? He flashes that smile. I'm David Beckham. What's it's not That's, going to be a matter of telling him no. It's just not going to happen. Right there is what that was. <laughs> <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be MLS Las Vegas is where he's going to end up taking it. He'll go play in the Raiders stadium. That would be, that would be interesting. Except that would probably be the end of Las Vegas Lights. So I don't want oh, that. I don't want that one bit. Which, speaking of, release the fucking schedule, USL, please. I want to take a road trip to see 
SAFC play weren't, in Las Vegas. Weren't we supposed to have this schedule this week? Isn't that what they said? They've got like home openers. Yeah. yeah, that's not the schedule. That's one game. Well, I mean, we know about three SAFC games, but yeah. that's one game. One. Speaking of, I guess we should mention that uh, SAFC opens the, on the road in Sacramento and then plays, uh, was it March 17th? March 17th. That's home against St. Louis FC. Um, I should check that. I feel like that's... No, 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 no. Isn't the, the 17th is the Sacramento game. That's what I was worried about. And uh, then the 24th is our home opener. This is what I get for trying to mention stuff off the fly. And um, then the yeah. 31st is against LA Galaxy at their home opener. Yeah. In LA. Dose. Yeah. Los Dos too. Yeah. Yeah. So any thoughts on opening in against St. Louis at home? Do you have any feelings about that at all? Should be a good game. Should be a quality <laughs> game. It should. I, I mentioned this on the USL show, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I'm a little disappointed that it's not more like rivalry games to start the season. But I also understand wanting to save those for a little later when you want some attendance bumps. Um, but it would have been cool to see RGV or OKC, or especially OKC, you know, booting San Antonio from the playoffs last year. Um, but St. Louis will be good. They're an independent team, and that should be an interesting match. I mean, it was fun last year going down and having our season opener in RGV. Yeah. Nobody was there because that stadium's always empty, but, you know. Uh, there were like 30 San Antonio fans that made the trip. <laughs> there know? was more people watching that game from San Antonio on the stream than there was in that stadium. You know. But it was sold I, out. It was sold out. I looked, I'm pretty sure RGV finished higher than San Antonio in reported attendance. Shut the hell up. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I need to go back and check that. Um but I think somebody did the math at the end of last year or they released no. a table of it or something like that. Yeah, clearly not true. <laughs> clearly um very, very not true just from watching any RGV game. But announced yeah. attendance is not the same as people that actually attend. You you can't count sold seats. I mean it's everybody people. does. It, I but, know, but when you do it that blatantly, like when there's nobody on half of your stadium and you're still calling it, you know, six or 7,000 or whatever it was, that's anyway. too much. You've gone too far, RGV. So Austin, um, Austin had a memo come out from city council this week. Um, basically, the gist of the story is that a two of the proposed sites for a potential MLS stadium have been uh, rejected by Precourt Sports Ventures, the ownership right. out of Columbus. Um, the two that were rejected, one of them was the county, was it the county fair property? And the other one was the old Home Depot Center, if I'm not mistaken. It was the, the Expo Center and the Home Depot Expo site. Center. There we go. Um, the, the expo the expo center is where the austin sports why yeah. am i blanking on their name the other organization austin that wants sports to build entertainment is that what it is austin sports and entertainment want to build um an outdoor stadium and bring a new home for rodeo austin yeah yeah so that was judged to be too far from the urban core um the home depot one it I, <laughs> it's, it's far out there uh the home depot area i thought was going to uh get a little further i thought that one had some potential but um 
anyway, where it looks like Butler Shores is the um, ideal place as far as PSV is concerned. Yep. Um, obviously, that's going to be the most hotly contested area. Uh, it's city-owned parkland, and it's prime <laughs> prime property, and it's probably going to go to a public vote. Um, the from my understanding from watching a few city council meetings and, and reading up and talking to guys up there is that um, vote isn't required by law, but that the city council in the past has deferred to a vote for matters regarding public land like this. Um, As they should. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's hard to hate on that no matter you know where you stand, but um, there's just a lot in the air. So The interesting thing about this memo that was sent out is both sides of the MLS to Austin slash save the crew movements um, interpreted the memo differently, kind of depending on what outlet you were looking at. So what happened, just factually speaking, is that two sites were eliminated. Um, So some folks on the save the crew side saw that as Oh, it's falling apart. Uh, and, and also it was some of the things are being delayed. So we're not actually going to hear about it at the uh, February meeting. 15th, like we, yep. Your 15th uh, deadline, like we expected. Um, so the save the crew side, we're, we're kind of seeing that as uh, it's falling apart. The MLS and Austin side, we're seeing that as we're narrowing it down to a couple of state, a couple of sites that are actually going to be chosen. So I, uh, I'm trying to look at this factually and neutrally and not look at it with a lot of emotion. I don't see a lot here. I, like It really does look to me like they just eliminated sites and like it's part of the process. So I don't want to come off too strong on either side of it, but I don't think there's a lot to get excited about there for either side. Well, and it, it's, it seems like it's more than just two sites that got eliminated because I and I could be wrong here. The the things that I had read were that they were down to three and the original pitch um, for sites to be investigated was eight. Hmm. So we're down to like a three finalists type deal um, with Butler Shores being the prime candidate. Um, But like you said, yeah, they, they basically pushed back um, when we're supposed to hear news about, about uh, the next steps um, the city is still waiting on a finalized list of sites and their potential from pre-court. And the city has also said that after they have that list, it's going to take about at least two months of investigations on their part to figure out what the next step's going to be and evaluate this, uh, the information that pre-court brings to the table back. Yeah. And just to be clear, uh, to give credit where it's due, most of the information, other than the actual memo itself, which I read, but a lot of the information uh, is coming from Kevin Lytle from the Austin American Statesman, um, who does just a phenomenal job with all of the soccer coverage, uh, both MLS and USL and uh, potential and all that stuff. So if you haven't already, go check out his article for the Austin American Statesman, because it has a lot of good information. Um, But yeah, it's I think it's going to be a long road and 2019 is going to sneak up really quickly, which is something that, um, uh, subtle said as much subtle subtle said, said that yeah. he, yes, Richard Settle, the, the lobbyist for 
pre-court said that 2019 is fast approaching and they are investigating alternate spot sites for an interim home for the team if they move. Um, But yeah, that time is dwindling to get the stuff done for 2019 and for them to have a place to play down here. Yeah. I, again, I don't think that this is a big moment either way for save the crew or for MLS and SA or (laughs) agreed. No MLS and Austin. There we go. Yeah. Um, So I, you know, it's interesting, but it's January. I think, you know, in March, April, when the season's really rolling, that's when we're going to kind of be going, all right, you know, what's, what's going on here. And I mean, it, it may not even be that soon. I mean, if the city, if the city needs two months after PSV gets their stuff to them, I mean, we could be looking at May yeah. before we even hear what the next step is and what the city thinks about the sites that they've narrowed it down to. It could be it's and, going to be the rest of the year. We're going to be getting little bits here for the rest of the year. No, we wouldn't get another Miami, would we? No, I don't think it's going to be another Miami. I'm completely being sarcastic. But um, I, I still think that the league is going to Austin, just like I think they're going to Miami. They want those cities, um, and they're going to make it work. But just saying that it, if it didn't work and, um, you know, pre-court, burned his bridges in Columbus and was just looking to move because it was too toxic of an environment or whatever. Um, You know, San Antonio has a completely finished project here other than the funding, which the city and County seemed to be completely behind. Um, So it would just come down to the public vote if it was needed. So I don't expect a team up of PSV and SSNE to bring the crew to San Antonio. Um, but if Austin failed, which again, I don't expect it to, but if Austin failed, it's definitely an interesting thought because there's not a lot of other markets who would be able to support it. I know Sacramento is looking for a majority investor right now. Um, mm-hmm. And they, you know, pre-courts from California. So maybe that would work out pretty well for them. But I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens if Austin falls apart, because I don't think that PSV has any intention to sell the team. And I don't think that they have a lot of intention on keeping the team in Columbus. So if Austin falls apart, which again, I don't think it will, um, it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, the next year is going to be very interesting in regards to Austin. And yeah, I say year meaning the whole year. We're going to be getting news bits here and there for the next 12 to 18 months into next season when they're potentially moved temporarily, which that that's the big thing is they may need to move cities temporarily somewhere else just to play until they figure things out, depending on how long everything drags out with the Austin City Council and votes and things like that. I mean, they've burn those bridges to hell in Columbus. I don't know if they'd be welcome there for another season (laughs) at this point. It's so funny to see, not funny, I shouldn't say funny because it's not funny, but interesting is the word that I should say to see some of the Columbus reaction to the team because they want top level soccer, but there's a very loud voice that doesn't like MLS and that doesn't like pre-court and that, you know, how do you do that? Like, how do you navigate that in supporting a team that you hate the ownership of and the league that it's in? So 
I know that uh, Save the Crew is making some crew uh, jerseys for this season, some affordable sponsored jerseys, which is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you do if you're a Columbus fan living in Columbus. Uh, I Just for pure entertainment sake, for pure drama sake, I think it would be pretty interesting to watch Columbus get moved to Sacramento or to San Antonio or Detroit or maybe not Detroit because there's not a huge fan base there yet. Tampa. How about Tampa? Mm-hmm. Um, see, see how many folks, you know, turn those avatars <laughs> into a, a little different color, but uh, yeah. How, how, how fast does USL slap a team in Columbus? Oh, man, After they I'm leave, they I, you've got to like <laughs> pound the start button on that right away because yeah. you that fan base, if they can bring in the right ownership group that's local and put a USL team there, that's going to have an absolute rabid soccer soccer starved fan base there, and they could be the next Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm honestly almost Huge surprised crowds. that they haven't already. Like, there's so many people that want soccer in that city quality soccer in that city that's not involved with psv there's this dream that psv is going to sell the team to local ownership and they're not like no reason for them to do that um if those local owners would have shown up years ago like mls had to beg people to buy this team so and we don't know as a side note we don't know the details of that contract we don't know that the austin clause quote unquote even exists or what it says or anything like that so yeah. Anyway, I don't well, want to again on that. But and you said you're not you're surprised that USL hasn't done it already. My one thing I do not know is what's the stadium situation look like out in Columbus for stadiums that aren't map free stadium. Um, you know, maybe there's just not a great place. But if Columbus, if the crew leave, <laughs> how 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 yeah. good are people going to feel about? Matt for stadium being rented out to a USL team by pre-court. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that stadium, I think they're pretty done with that stadium. <laughs> um, I know there was some renderings and some proposals done um, in the meeting that involved MLS and PSV and the local potential ownership and the local um, groups there. Um, it, I read a couple of varying things. Some of them said that the proposals that they put out in front of them were really incomplete and some were not realistic um, in the land. But then I know at least one of them, I don't know the details of it specifically, but it was basically lined up with um, other sports stadiums right there. And it would have been a really cool situation for, or it could be a really cool situation for him. Um, I don't know. I know Columbus doesn't want to hear this and I know MLS is not USL or USL is not MLS, but USL is a pretty damn good league. And if they lose MLS, which it looks like they're going to, at least for now, um, I hope they're able to get a USL team and get quality soccer there long-term. And it would become priority number one for me from a league. If I was at the league, yeah, if I was up in the USL league offices. The second that the crew vacate officially, put a team in in Columbus. Catch it while you can, because soccer is going to be a hot topic up there, and it's going to be lots of negative press about. Oh, the crew left. The crew left. Oh wait, we have this new shiny thing that we can put in front of you. Yeah, new well, team, can... new ownership, new league. You don't have to deal with MLS. MLS is bullshit. Yeah, 
pre-court's bullshit, anybody's bullshit except this awesome new team that we're bringing in. And local ownership could take the USL level costs and make it an amazing product like uh, FC Cincinnati or Sacramento, San Antonio, some of these independent teams who have shown up and, and made it their own. And, you know, we'll see. Obviously that's not the ideal situation for a lot of fans there, but um, you know, you gotta, gotta hope for the best in a realistic sense, I guess. Right. Um, Let's let's finish up with two U.S. men's national team legends here real quick. Just want to mention that the news broke that DeMarcus Beasley has been re-signed by Houston Dynamo. Um, so as he turns 80 years old this How year. How is he still playing? <laughs> it's kind of amazing. I, I joke about his age, but kind of like Rafa, he looks good for his age. Like until... Until given reason not to, you know, I, I'm not going to doubt him, I guess. Oh, Jesus. Not- it's got to be a leadership thing at this point. Like, he's not at his A game. He's not. I don't want to see him on the national team by any means. No. But at no, the no. Houston level, like, Houston's done a lot worse recently. <laughs> so, it's it's frustrating as a soccer fan in Texas. Houston is the closest MLS team we have. Right. Um, to San Antonio and to where I live uh, a little north of that so it would be cool if Houston was good it'd be cool if Dallas was good but right now they're both playing that money ball game of trying yep. to construct rosters at the lowest possible cost and for those ownerships that's what works I'm not knocking them for it um, it's just hard to compete with Toronto and Seattle and uh, some of these Atlanta god Atlanta um it's hard to compete with clubs that are willing to drop banks. So uh, hopefully Houston and Dallas can put on a good show this year. We'll uh, keep an eye on them, but the Marcus Beasley is back in Houston for one more year. And uh, <laughs> Landon Don Oven, is that Don Donovan? Is that- Linden? Was Linden? it Linden? Linden? London? London Don, no. that guy that did the World Cup last cycle, um, he took his ball and went to Mexico, and uh, he's going to be playing Landon Donovan. I can't believe I'm saying this in 2018. Landon Donovan is going to be playing with Club Leon in Liga MX, and I don't know what to think of that i thought I, it was a joke we all did right <laughs> like who didn't think i, I thought it, I, yeah i think us and the rest of twitter all thought it was a joke i thought i yeah i thought club leon was playing some weird <laughs> not april fools th- i was i was seriously sitting there questioning going is there some sort of like april fools like day going on in mexico today right, right. Is that why they're screwing with us but lo and behold Landon has gone gone south. I, I especially thought it was a joke when he picked number 20 for his jersey. Yeah. Like, thing. Like, but he I don't know if you saw the quote where ah, I should have had the quote in front of me, but he basically said, no, me being here is not a joke. The jersey's not a joke. Uh, the U.S. not making the World Cup is the joke or something like that. Like, yeah, took a I totally saw that. Necessary mm-hmm. dig at the U.S. <laughs> like, bro, come on. Like... Let's calm it down. Just, just a notch. Well, now we know why he didn't run for uh, USSF president, right? And he was getting yeah. courted by, by the Mexican brethren. He said he was going to be involved in the game and 
didn't expect it to be that. Right. We thought it'd be somewhere in the U.S. I mean, especially with all the pitching for Soccer City and all that crap yeah. going on out in California. But yeah, he played for LA Galaxy last year, wasn't it? Yeah, was it last yeah. year? The year before? It was recently before he retired again. Um, yeah, it was the end of 2016 that he played for LA, I believe. But Sounds right. Point, point being, yeah, I, I thought if he was going to come back, which I didn't think he'd come back, it would be in the U.S. The only thing I could think of is like he had a kid and he was really excited about having his kid. And, you know, sometimes as a parent, you get sleepy and, you know, kids kids can be tough. So maybe he was like, oh, sorry, work. It's it's taking me over here. So you, you got it. All right run it away jesus that, that's a hell of a way to get out of raising your kid but i'm going to mexico for the next i don't know i'm gonna sign a two-year contract i'll see you in two years how about that no I, no i don't know if he signed a two-year contract or not but just yeah that's a hell of a way to get away from your kid if that's the reason i don't think it is i think he's a, a good dad that wouldn't do that but. i feel like he could have come to san antonio and done that like we're close enough to mexico right we got good tacos we got yeah. good Mexican food, Tex-Mex food, man. Um, yeah, so it's purely a PR signing, in my opinion. Like, there's no way he makes any meaningful contribution on the field. But what if he does? Oh, my God. What if they start him the whole season? <laughs> Can he put in a one-time transfer and switch from the U.S. to Mexico? Is that- Did you see him partying out there in California, like, with national <laughs> team stuff? Like, he drove off a taco truck. Yeah. <laughs> diving off of vans and stuff like the dude still got it apparently that's true that's true <laughs> this is perfect to take down to mexico with the parties down there man he's gonna be getting paid tequila and <laughs> illegal drugs i don't know like <laughs> that dude i love i love everything he did for the u.s men's national team he's a legend i have his autograph right there uh on a 2016 scorpions season ticket member ball that's right he came through san antonio that's right both of those items are odd to have (laughs) not not a lot of season ticket members in the 2016 scorpion season but um because safc anyway um yeah i i killed it i killed it i'm (laughs) I'm gonna be honest i killed the killed the joke but what is I'm I'm intrigued. Are you going to be watching any uh, Mexican games? Any Liga MX games? I mean, I feel like I'm going to have to follow Club Leon on on Twitter just so I can see what their starting lineups look like every week. That's crazy. And wait for the one, unless he plays. Like I said, unless he's like they actually play him. I don't know. Wait for the one where he's in the starting starting eleven, and then holy shit, watch that game. Other than that, I I can't follow another league. We talked about this earlier today off podcast. (laughs) There is too much soccer across the world to cover. I can only keep up with so much and keep my job. We need to get you um, invested in a Premier League team, in an English Premier League team. I am a Spurs fan because it's easy to remember. Go Spurs, go. Come on, you Spurs. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. so we need to get you an EPL team. Who's My, their rival? Uh, probably Arsenal would be the big one. But you don't don't do that. <laughs> I I want to I want to put it out to anyone listening this far in. Um, tweet at Larry Leathers eighty seven and at TX Soccer Radio. Let us know which Premier League team Larry should follow. Uh, we'll see if we can win him over into following that league because. 
there's a lot of soccer going on when USL isn't going on, but we, we have to get invested in it to pay attention, right? So the big problem is is that I'm always working. I well, not recently, but usually I'm working on Saturdays. It's oh. not. There's plenty of games, plenty of weekday matches, plenty uh, of cup matches. There's there's plenty true. of stuff. We'll get Sell to- me on your team. We'll see what happens here. We'll give it a few. We'll, we'll pitch this on the next couple podcasts about selling me on an EPL team. And then we'll see if one of these weeks, uh, whatever one I choose, I will just have magically have a jersey on for, <laughs> for the podcast that night. There you go. There you go. Um, well, anything else you want to talk about this week? We ran a little bit over. A little, I think we covered it. I meant to, but it happens. I think we covered it. I'm ready to wrap it up. I'm ready, man, like less than 12 hours from now, I'm going to be at Toyota Field watching those open tryouts. And I'm really excited about that. I wish, I wish I wasn't working tomorrow so I could go with you. <laughs> it's not the season soccer. It's not a game, but it'll do. It'll, it'll feed my fix for now, I think, hopefully. Anyway, thank you so, so much for listening. Um, We really do appreciate it. We can't tell you enough. We know that there are a ton of lower division soccer podcasts out there. Um, And, you know, the fact that you made it this far, we appreciate it. So if you're hearing this, I genuinely mean that. I can't. I wish I could come up with another phrase other than thank you. And, you know, cheers. Thanks for hanging out with us. So. Um, you can follow us on social media at TX Soccer Radio, at Larry Leathers 87, and at Kyle underscore Mankey. Um, music is provided by Mission Complete. Their music is available everywhere music is digitally. So check it out. The album is emotionally strong enough to be your man. Um, I do have word that new music is being written now. Wait, what? I know, right? I know. Holy crap. I, uh, I didn't see that coming. We're also working with uh, some pals to get some other music on the podcast, some other local music. So if you're in a band or your friends are in a band or you know somebody, whatever, send us a DM on Twitter and let us know and we'll, we'll try and incorporate that. We're always going to have Mission Complete, of course, but uh, yeah, I'd like to rotate it up if we could we'll see what happens. Anyway, until next week, thank you so much for listening. We will catch you later.